thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet number two. When forty winters shall besiege thy brow, and dig deep trenches in thy beauty's field, thy youth-proud livery, so gazed on now, will be a trotted reed of small worth held. Then, be an ass where all thy beauty lies, where all the treasure of thy lusty days, to say within thine own deep-sunken eyes, were an all-eating shame, a thriftless praise, how much more praise deserved thy beauty's use, if thou couldst answer... This fair child of mine shall sum my count and make my old excuse, proving this beauty by succession thine. This were to be new made, and when thou art old, and see thy blood warm when thou feelst it cold. God blimey, that one, that one, I messed That's, up quite a lot of times. That is a tough one, to be fair. I, I apologise to all our listeners. Uh, it, it, that's sonnet number two from, from Shakespeare's sonnets. Uh, I'm Mark Chatterley, and I'm with uh, my good friend who who will talk. <laughs> Thanks. That's that's quite a nice announcement. My name is uh, Thierry Halas. and and we are collaboratively, collaboratively. I just can't speak. Going through every single one of Shakespeare's sonnets for you, and and just chatting about them for a little bit, and. Hopefully we will learn something from each other and, and you'll learn something from us. So that was sonnet number two um, in what's called the, the procreation or what's referred to as the procreation um, chain or grouping. Uh, I'm forgetting all my words. Um, so yes, I'm going to let uh, Thierry go first on, on, on some things to talk about, things that jump out at him from this sonnet. Well, we, we, we very much continue the theme for the, from, uh, from the first one here. He's still... Um... We still have the uh, old age that's coming towards the young lover. I, I, I do like, I, you mentioned it in the last podcast, but the idea that 40 winters, so being 40 years old, it ha- has besieged thy brow. So at 40, you're quite old. Well, I mean, the, the, the physical deep, deep trenches in thy beauty's field. I mean, he's just basically saying you, you will just look disgusting by the time you are 40. <laughs> You're, you're the wrinkles, the, the deepest wrinkles, and yeah, just your face will just not be pleasant to look at anymore. So get on it, get just get on with it now. So what Shakespeare's saying is 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 back in Shakespearean times, by forty years old, you look like a Klingon, and and therefore you need to get it on. Uh, and and but the the I I like the language in this. It starts out uh, being very. Um, physical in terms of nature you've got uh you've got besiege which is always to me out outside you besiege someone outside uh there's deep trenches there's uh <laughs> tottered 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 ah uh, I, I whatever it was i said it wrong in the first thing weeds um and it's very almost the worst of nature or the the man-made destruction of nature is seen in in this person's face it is, it is very much well military language almost, as you say, besiege and uh, dig. I mean, obviously, dig deep trenches to try and get into a fortress. You would go under the try and go under the wall. It's it's very very aggressive. It's much more aggressive so than the first sonnet, I think. <laughs> the first one was a warning, and this one is just flat out. Just yeah, I mean, you're almost dead already anyway. Just I mean, <laughs> have a child. Just, yeah. that, uh, 
and and we're an all-eating shame uh, and and uh, to say within thine own deep sunken eyes we're an all-eating shame and thriftless praise so the 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 idea that the the praise that you give yourself for your what your worth of your life or at least this is how i'm reading it is useless is thriftless it has no meaning well he's basically and, saying it's it's a sin to just love yourself well not, not not just love yourself but don't be obsessed with yourself just try and not be so proud of your own beauty and just find someone else to uh... <laughs> it, it's a very odd I, I i'm finding i suppose we've only done two of the sonnets so far but it, from at least my point of view going up to someone to say you should have children it's a very personal it implies there's a personal relationship between the writer and and this this young lover the young man i, I hope so if he's saying it to a stranger that would just be weird <laughs> you're ugly or you will be ugly you're good looking now go have have some kids try, try and we're just somewhere in town walk up to someone and just <laughs> tell them to have children oh that i found the the last the the last two lines there's probably uh, a proper word that i've probably learned couplet. and studied uh well the, the couplets but the last two lines don't they have a an official name the last two lines of a sonnet um i can't remember what it is though um but the, it's quite uh, chilling and scary uh, um this were to be made uh, oh, sorry this were to be new made when thou art old and see thy blood warm when thou feelst it cold so the idea that you live in your child that when you're cold but your child is warm you're cold of old age but they're warm you you will feel that warmth well i mean that's that, that i say that that's that's true in every age you 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 end but you see your children go on and you you know that life after you will still continue which Maybe not physical warmth, but well, I, I guess at the time when children actually looked after their parents, that that I mean that was their retirement scheme. Their pension was having children that would look after them when they were old. So I guess even in a physical sense, you could treat it as keeping the house warm, or giving them food, and that sort of thing. And I, I would would I'm going to show my ignorance of history now, but. I I know it at times in history the the family slept together in the same uh, room if not the same bed. So is there is there the sense of of if you have children you're kept warm in in that way of of physical warmth they're around you they're warming the buildings you're in. That might be although it's been a while since I went to Shakespeare's house but I'm fairly sure they had different beds and quite a few rooms. Okay, so I'm not I'm not sure if they actually slept in the same. <laughs> there, there are people listening to this podcast going, "He's so dumb." Well, yeah, he thought they all share a bed. It was like bunk beds, and Shakespeare had the top bunk because obviously he was the top dog, and and his kids had the bottom bunk, um, because uh, you you always get the top bunk if you were the cooler of the two kids. I mean, the top bunk is the best one. Exactly, exactly that. Oh my god, we're talking about bunk beds, and we've gone from sonnets to bunk bed, bunk beds. That's that's fine. <laughs> um, I think another one in, another, to get back on the sonnet. I think another interesting one is the the third one, uh, thy youth's proud livery, which 
Oh, is, I mean, I don't know if you know the term livery. It's um, noblemen dressed up their servants in. I mean, the, the the richer they were, or the more they wanted to show off their wealth, the nicer the dresses and the costumes they gave their servants, so they could show off how rich they were. So I, I, I definitely knew there was a link between uh, sort of money and and livery had something to do with clothing, but I didn't yeah, know exactly yeah, it's basically what it the, the, the clothing and the. I find it quite interesting that he's making a, a reference to something that, that that the person is not really responsible for because I mean, well, yeah, your face will you you will wither and die, but also the the physical niceness of uh, clothes and the, the the richness of life will go away as well. It's it's not just your body that will wither; it's also your all the privileges that you have now and everything will go away. So you will just not be appealing anymore by the time you have that 40 winters that have passed on you in, in, yes. in, in no sense so even your clothing becomes a, a tottered weed of small worth held exactly yeah is that is that how you say that word I'm getting am I getting that wrong every time tottered I, Tot- I, tottered I, I, that's that's I would say tottered I mean I I have different because I, I looked them up and there's different versions sometimes there's an apostrophe for the ed and sometimes yeah. there isn't and it's I don't have a printed copy, unfortunately. No, which is probably maybe... not the best thing. Yeah, when we're starting a podcast about Shakespeare, it's like I don't own. No, I've never, I've never paid for them. <laughs> no, I, I think I did once because you know when, when, when you go to university, you want a collected yeah, works of Shakespeare yeah. on your shelf. Never opened it. I'm, I'm very bad. Um, but you can get, and I suppose this is something we should say. You can get if you've got a, any sort of smartphone, you can download the complete works of Shakespeare for free. Uh, you can go online and get the complete works of Shakespeare for free. You don't need to pay £60 for Oxford University's latest version of it. Yeah, they're not going to change anything. They they might put in a, a new four words, but... And it's not like Shakespeare will get any money from it. You're not stealing from the author. Yeah. <laughs> He's been dead exactly. for quite a few and, centuries now. And I suppose one thing, I'm moving away from this sonnet and more onto Shakespeare in general. One thing I would say to, uh, if there is anyone listening who had read or was forced to read some of Shakespeare's plays in um, in, in secondary school in the UK, which um, for non-UK people is the school we go to from around 11 to 15, 16. Um, the versions of the plays that are generally given to school are, um, are, are redacted in places. So there are sections taken out which are deemed too rude for school kids, and that tends to be the jokes um, in and around... Uh, genitalia and sex and all these jokes which are quite fundamental to some of the stories because uh, Shakespeare plays are, are essentially pub plays, plays to be put on in pubs, are completely missing and it, and it, I think it gives kids the wrong impression. If you reread one of these plays again, one that you've read before, you'll probably find whole sections you didn't know were there which are actually quite funny, especially in the comedies anyway. Well, I mean, Shakespeare wrote them to uh, to appeal to everyone. He had the common people obviously standing in front of the stage who who needed the more sort of comic relief jokes and the genitalia jokes, and then obviously the more highbrow stuff for uh, the people who actually could afford to sit down and watch yes. the but, noblemen uh, but, and the middle class. And and that that wouldn't have been the same with the sonnets, though. The sonnets would have been they wouldn't have been performed at the time, I guess. Well, I mean, if he if he never actually gave his permission to publish them in the first place. He, I mean, they certainly wouldn't have been put on on the globe. No one would have stood on stage and read them out loud. It was just his, his plays you could, you could go and see. Yeah. So I guess so, sonnets you, you read in private or to your friends. 
Yes, yeah. Uh, or, or to a, a young man you admire who you want to go out yeah. and see have sex. Exactly. Not not in physically watch. I, not not we're not implying Shakespeare was that way. We're, but we're just saying he wants this this person this this young man to go out and and father a child is what we want. Yeah. Interestingly, I I suppose I, I, there's no mention of the sex of the child. It's just he wants you to have a child. There's no, at least yeah, in Sonnet One and Two, judgment on what gender that child should be. I don't know. Well, if that's, 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 that's that not something that he has control over. He he can't. I mean, I suppose you could say go and have a son, but he, there's no way that you you could force someone to have a son or a daughter. <laughs> I, I guess t- today with genetics, you could probably in more dodgy countries have it done. But just have a child. Just yeah, have have someone there for you when you uh, die. And 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 that seems to be. The, this this sonnet starts very much on a you're going to get old you're going to get tattered you're going to be worthless but your child will bring worth back into your life that, that's the basic idea yeah yeah and that, that's quite an interesting i quite like that as a as a sentiment i'm i'm probably never going to have kids i'm quite happy with that but i can see the appeal of of kids bringing Meaning, in some sense, if you raise your kids in a certain way, I can see that as being quite a nice, comforting ideal. Definitely, yeah. But you, you'll probably you we will have like ten kids and just be the best dad in the world, <laughs> <laughs> or awesome. the worst. Or just just feed them chocolate and candy all day and just watch yeah, that's... them grow up with diabetes and. That's probably more likely. <laughs> chocolate and sugar it would be my way you of might, managing you might, kids. You might make a good uncle. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely going to be the cool uncle who feeds kids sugar and pop. I doubt there's a sonnet that talks about sugar and sweets and fizzy drinks, but we should see. It would be surprising, but yeah, <laughs> we've got quite a few to go, so who knows? Yeah. Right, I shall. I shall leave. Um, I shall step back for a bit and let and let you read sonnet two again yeah, without don't. my stumbling, <laughs> and then we should say goodbye to everyone. Sonnet number two. When forty winters shall besiege thy brow, and dig deep trenches in thy beauty's field, thy youth's proud livery, so gazed on now, will be a tottered weed of small worth held. Then, being asked where all thy beauty lies, where all the treasures of thy lusty days, to say within thine own deep sunken eyes, were an all-eating shame and thriftless praise. How much more praise deserves thy beauty's use, if thou couldst answer, this fair child of mine shall sum my count and make my old excuse. Proving his beauty by succession line. This were to be new made when thou art old, and see thy blood warm when thou feelst its cold. Much better than mine. Damn, I'm going to have to up my game. Well, um, thank you very much, uh, random people, for, for listening to Shakespeare Sonnets. I've been Mark Chatterley. And I've been Thierry Hillis. And we will see you again for sonnet number three. Goodbye. Bye bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.